Hi, I'm Jaden Mishuli, and you're listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. And today you're going to hear my thoughts on finding freedom in constraints. Conspiracy Podcast with your host, Bronnie. Thank you, Tiana. Hello, my friends. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm sitting next to my sleeping puppy and I have a hot coffee in my hand. It's a great environment. And plus, the coffee is reminding me of my friends because the Improv Conspiracy has a coffee subscription and the office staff kindly let me redirect that subscription to my own home during lockdown. And uh, it's maybe the greatest gift they've ever bestowed upon me. And I really appreciate them for it. Um, so that's a plug for friendship, everybody. How good's friendship? Get yourself a friend. Today I'm speaking with one of my friends, other friends. Uh, his name is Jaden Mishuli. Who is he? Good question. Besides being my friend, he's a teacher, coach, and performer at the Improv Conspiracy. He's also an actor, writer, comedian. He's one third of the comedy trio Hit by a Blimp, a trio that I adore, and you either already adore them or you may adore them in the future because I've got links to their stuff in the show notes. Jaden is also a legend at the Improv Conspiracy. People love being taught by him. They love watching him play. He's always delightful, plays with joy, plays very playfully. Uh, he's a really good time. Uh, he's also one of those teachers who I feel like I'm in the bloody shadow of all the time. <laughs> uh, I, whenever I have students who have had Jaden, they'll uh, inevitably ask me at some point, are you going to do this thing that Jaden does? Um, and uh, I'm always like, let me be me, dudes. Come on. Just, I know Jaden's amazing. Just let me show you. Just give me a couple of weeks. I'll prove that I, c I have something to offer as well, okay? I may not be Jaden, but none of us will ever be Jaden. Uh, <laughs> today he speaks about freedom and constraint. Uh, he offers some great insights, some great perspective from his brain. We're just scratching the surface of his brain here, but it's a good time, and I hope you enjoy it. Here he is, the lovely Jaden Mishuli. I've been teaching and coaching for a few years now. One of the most common things that springs up um, when I'm teaching is uh, people blanking in scenes and sort of not knowing what to do next and not knowing, um, they kind of ask me like, well, what's, how do I go forward in this scene? I don't know what to do. Um, and more often than not, it's because sort of nothing has been solidified or made clear. Um, and the improviser has like an endless amount of choice at their disposal. Uh, and they kind of get paralyzed by all this choice, um, which is why they draw a blank. Um, it's kind of like the the Netflix scroll of improv, like when you're stuck on Netflix, not sure what to watch, going through that menu endlessly. Um, that's kind of what happens in improv, I think. I think people are like, well, I can take this in, in a million different ways, and I just don't know which one to go. And so they just end up going blank and doing nothing, which sucks. Um, and then uh, I feel like they also, even when you like push them in a certain direction, they can't quite get back into the scene because they've kind of lost what's made it fun and they've forgotten all the details that were at clear disposal before. Um, so it does just kind of, uh, just they just get stuck in a lot of ways. Um, or they go the opposite way and add like a million different details. So uh, I always like try to encourage people to like not be afraid to back yourself into a corner. Um, it's always good to like give yourself or your scene partner something super specific uh, or take something that's on offer, like take that gift and make the whole scene about it. Um, or you can kind of, and 
and not just in terms of like character but in terms of like all base reality like you can pop, put yourself like set your scene inside a tent or something something that is a literal uh constraint to put yourself in because once you're in there it might feel like oh my god there's two of us stuck in this like one meter box but suddenly there's like so many more options to play with you're like what is in a tent there's probably like a bit of bug spray there's probably like a little portable light there's probably there's a leak coming through like the the tent so there's suddenly like even though you are in these like confined parameters there is like so suddenly you're brain starts firing and like all these like little things that it could be now the best scenes i've seen are like the ones that don't drop anything they immediately use what's been established and that's it they just like kind of take what's been used in the first few lines of dialogue uh, and they use it to kind of fuel the rest of the scene you really don't need much to make a great scene at all um sometimes just walking in uh and just saying something with a heap of emotion or something that's real specific is enough to like drive three minutes worth and you'll find a lot of that character and that point of view stuff as you as you go along whereas if you start with something very general like we're just sitting down in an office and it's like how's your day going it's like we've got anything (laughs) at our disposal and it's like then it just makes it so much harder to like grab onto something and that's when we find ourselves like inventing which is what we don't want to do in improv. Yeah, I really love that Will Hines exercise, the I Have a Confession. Um, I think that's just such a good tool um, to use, which is basically just uh, two improvisers. They each have a couple of lines of dialogue. And then the fifth line, someone says, I have a confession. And then they have to confess something based on just those four lines of dialogue they've (laughs) established. Um, And it's always like so good and it's so satisfying um, when they like completely flip <laughs> what they're doing on their heads um, and we haven't like lost anything we haven't dropped anything we're just using what's there and it's so efficient and so good to watch so yeah I just think there's like so much benefit in just celebrating freedom and constraint it's like it's totally fine to give yourself those barriers um, and step into something super specific and not jump into something totally random and off base Uh, because what you have there is probably enough. Something that kept coming up uh, is like just trusting those first few lines and like, uh, you know, believing that you have enough and, uh, I also know that like, uh, any, anyone I've ever taught that has had you previously, their favorite, um, catchphrase is like, you know, I learned that I'm enough um, from Jaden and that sort of stuff. So I think that's lovely that you mentioned it up top here as well. People uh, can easily forget that like everything is canon in your scene. Like as soon as you say anything, that's like the audiences start like got a loose grip on that. And like the more that you, then the next line they, they grip firmer and the next line they grip firmer. And then the mistake we can often make is like, well, that's my base reality done and dusted. I'll leave that all behind. And now let's talk about the dragon that I ride to work. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, the the audience cares about the the first few steps. Even if you felt like they were procedural, like you can just invest in those steps more. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's, yeah, it's like sometimes it's it's just that first thing or it's, or even like why some scenes work when someone stumbles on a word, like when they say something in a weird way um, and then you grab onto that 
and just like just kind of ride that out because you're like this is going to lead to something good um it's great it's like we don't care like where you are anymore it's like this is what's there the audience clocks it if you've clocked it the audience is 100 percent clocked it as well um and that's what the, the scene is and it's like also you're like don't be afraid to like let everything go that's like come before it because <laughs> if something new and fun has come along like why do you grab onto that for sure and I think one of the that's one of the hardest things to train is that what you just said, um, dear. The notion of I know this is going to lead to something good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> have faith, trust yourself. I think like if I start a scene in an office and like it is just like, um, you know, we've we've said we've made a couple of choices up top. Then like the the problem only starts when one of us thinks, uh, this isn't this isn't anything, is it? But if we're both thinking, if we're both believing that, like, this will be something, this will be something, we'll find it. We'll, we're always going to find it. Yeah, always. Um, you're just going to, yeah, just dig that bit further. Or, like, also not be afraid to repeat things that have happened. Like, if you repeat things enough, then they become, they're there for a reason. Like, you're repeating them for a reason. <laughs> and you'll you'll find that joy through that a lot of the time. This sort of speaks to um, something, like, really early on in uh, my in me being a teacher, I used to talk about the um, the choice window. Um, I don't I don't so much use this analogy anymore because I actually don't think it's that good. But I'm going to say it now. Um, <laughs> like when a scene starts, like when two people enter the space, like uh, uh, the door, the window of choice and opportunity flies open, and it's wide open. And at that stage, like a dragon could fly through this window, but yeah. like. Uh, as soon as you say anything, as soon as you say like, um, you know, uh, you, you're late to work today, Bill, that window like becomes like half shut because it's like, okay, now we, we're just in a, uh, we're colleagues now and it seems like it's real present day, like normal world. So then a dragon can no longer fit through this gap anymore. Um, and then as soon as I respond with like, yeah, look, I had to take the kids to work. I found the scene, everyone. <laughs> um, that's it. <laughs> as soon as I as soon as I say I got to take the kids, had to take the kids to school, then you know the window is closed even further, and like it can be scary to some um, beginning improvisers to make choices. Like they feel like any choice might break what's happening, whereas like every choice is actually gonna is gonna grow what's happening and help us figure it out. Because once I get that window closed enough where like only certain options can fly through Yeah. and my scene is easier. Like your tent example, as soon as I know mm. I'm in a tent and that there's probably nighttime and we've been camping all day and there is a little uh, torch light in here and maybe we're listening to something, you know, like now my choices are specific and now like they're actually easier to grab, even though it feels like there's less of them. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I think I, uh, I use that tent example cause I remember, um, in one of my first level one classes I taught and we did that enter a room exercise, which is one at a time someone goes in and plays with something in the room and goes to, and we did a few of them. And then I made, I made one of them do like do a, a, a space um, and that's really big. And so someone did like a footy oval and it was just like the hardest thing for anyone to do. And then the next group, I was like, do something super small. And someone came in and just zipped up a tent and it was just like the most, it was the most like exciting thing and it was just a, an exercise but it was also so funny and enjoyable because someone went in and was like trying to put like their pants on like in a tent and it was just them like riding around like trying to do that and it was so funny because it was just so like truthful and so specific like we wouldn't have had that if it was like anywhere else like you couldn't possibly do that 
Um, so that's why I, it's just like, it's really cool like to see that happening. And as for that window analogy, I like, I think that's really great. My like, my inclination of that is to like, <laughs> make sure those windows are shut <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> like, like kind of jump through, like squeeze your way through and then like close the window, like as soon as you can, because um, I don't want any air getting in, <laughs> you know, like, that's it. It's like, because that's dangerous. Any air coming in is bad. <laughs> for sure yeah if you're in a scene and you can still feel a draft then yeah. then you're struggling you got to make you're some more struggling. choices exactly you gotta <laughs> bolt it down because <laughs> you're also like you're forming a um you're forming a shared vocabulary with an audience very quickly as well so like hmm. if you do it a footy oval like their their window of opportunity is wide open still as well like they can think mm. of a million things um yeah. that that might be um, completely opposite to what you're thinking, um, just in terms of like the the range of people who might be at a footy over all the all mm. the ro- different rooms. Anyone who's been, you know, inside the MCG, they might be like, "Well, I, you know, I'm I'm thinking of the buddy the MCC uh, elite room, whatever that's called." Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and so like, whereas you do a tent, and the audience is very quickly, they're also focused in as well. So mm. um, that's why the zip becomes sat- satisfying because it's like, I thought there was a zip there as well. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, that means we can very quickly be like, um, subvert the expectations or like be, uh, uh, be a little playful with the expectations um, because everyone's very quickly on board and can understand and relate to the space. And the same goes with like, but you know, not even spaces, but characters who you know. If you're playing a trucker and and you uh, you don't in your first few lines of a scene, you don't want to be a a trucker who also you know just got home from space. Yeah, <laughs> you want to be exactly. a trucker trucker who's had three meals on the road today and yeah, is that stopped at a truck stop? You know. Yeah, exactly. And even then, like you could go even deeper into that. It's like they've eaten three hot dogs today <laughs> like that's that's all they eat why do they only eat hot dogs um and you can just like go down and that becomes the thing as well like we can always like go narrower in we can um squeeze even more out of a seemingly innocuous statement like we can always find more <laughs> out of that <laughs> rather than branching out and going like oh also he's in space <laughs> like it's like we can we can go almost backwards and just like reverse engineer what we already have and i think this is something that's like this is often uh i mean a lot of a lot of improvisers um beginner improvisers get it very quickly but there's definitely some who had a preconceived notion of what improv is who come in and whenever you do try to coach them onto like um no no just like just stay in the tent and talk about camping stuff they might be like, oh, but I thought I could do anything. And it's like, well, you can. Yeah. Like, you're allowed to, but, like, go for it. See how hard it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. I don't want to be in a scene where you? I can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> no way. That's it. And I think those, like, early, especially level ones and, and things like that, it's, I think, because they are still learning, they don't want to step on anyone's toes as well. For sure. But I think, like, coming in and being like, um, this is what we're doing and this is who you are feels very, like, I'm contr- controlling this scene and I'm leading sure. it. But yeah. you know, we all know that as soon as someone gives you something so good, you're just like, <laughs> give me like this is I'll take that gift and it's like, oh great, I get to play with this thing now and it's half all the work's been done. It's like the biggest gift. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, like I think even uh I mean even people who have performed for years still 
um, fall into that trap sometimes of oh, not yeah. wanting to break someone else's scene. Especially if it's yeah. like, if, you know, if you've never played with someone and maybe you respect them for some reason. <laughs> I mean, hopefully you respect them. For some reason. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess they're all right. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe like, I mean, I see it actually all the time when someone is new to a large ensemble show and maybe they're a bit fresher than everyone else, but they've obviously earned their spot on the ensemble show. And But then they'll get on stage with someone who they've watched for a couple of years as they were coming up and they'll just like defer everything and it's mm. like, well, that other person is not is not up there thinking like, hey, I've been around a long time. Let me make all the moves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're most likely going like, I don't know what's happening either, man. Can you help? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's totally true. Um, I'm sure I did that. Like when I started playing on the remix, I'm pretty oh. sure I like barely did anything. <laughs> so I was like, oh God, <laughs> I can't, I don't want to ruin this for anyone. And then you're like, no, the whole reason you got here is because you, you can pull together a premise. <laughs> so, for sure. Uh, just, have faith in that it's fine and the other people want you the other people want you to do that they want you to say you know they want you to give that gift or say something oddly specific because they'll they will ride on those coattails it's the whole thing of like if you're thinking like i don't know what this person wants from me they're probably also they don't know what they want from you <laughs> and they all don't, yeah. they also don't know what you want from them <laughs> so yeah it's like, exactly just as soon so as one of you just... make a choice that both of you will be happier yeah, 100%. And said you just end up in this, like, dance. You're just dancing around, like, what the scene could be. <laughs> no one's, And then no one's making any decisions and it leads nowhere. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. Yeah, and then you get off stage upset about it and the audience hated it. And <laughs> you realise if I had just said, this is a tent. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a tent the whole time. This scene would have worked. I guess it's my nuggets that all your scenes in tents. And... <laughs> <laughs> and it's then you're fine. It's so crazy how often people are just like, I don't know what to say next. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know what to say next now. So uh, <laughs> what is it? It is such a thing. It is such a thing. And I mean, I think we all find ourselves doing that as well. Like I find myself going blank in a scene as well. Um, I think like the more experienced you are, the more like you can just cover it up though. Um, and and just kind of defer to something else uh but i think it's always like like i said before i'm like it's always because there's like they're paralyzed by choice like i think that's that's what it is like they're they've got so many things they could play with or do that they just don't know how to uh you just don't know where to go next so you just kind of freeze um and you think you're like oh is this you should i go down this emotional route or should i like play more in this space or should i ask this question or should i like hold back there's just so there's just so much to choose from um which is why like it's it's always the scenes where you don't go blank those beautiful scenes where you're like you're not thinking you're just playing <laughs> which they would come along more often um but those ones are because we've like established it we might have established a game like straight away or we, we and we know exactly who we are and what we're doing um or we found it's not even like a base reality who what we're thing but it's like found that vibe we found that we found the back and forth to go to push this scene forward and because we found that it's like we don't need to go blank because it's like we're super inspired by it immediately and so that's why it's like making kind of like these bold and specific choices um right up top or just like using what's already there uh whatever it may be like just grabbing onto the first thing that was said and making that your scene like that's 
what stops you from from going blank <laughs> because it's like there's only I've only got in your head it's like there's only one thing there's one thing I must do and that's what I'm going to say <laughs> that's absolutely the reason why I brought it up <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted but then you gave me everything I could have ever wanted now you never have to ask that question again um no but I love like the essence of what you're saying is that like it's not that you have nothing it's that you have too much yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like don't judge yourself for being uh, void of ideas right now. Celebrate mm. yourself for having so many. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think part of the blank blanking comes from like it's definitely not that you can't think of anything. It's that like everything you think of, you probably judge and you go like that's not right, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right. Yeah. Whereas like you can just say the first one and it's probably going to be great. Um, and also like as you said, like sometimes. Uh, you know, when someone goes blank, they, I think, erroneously check in with, like, improv theory. And it's like, if I'm in a scene and I've and I've checked in with improv theory, the scene is dead and it needs to die. <laughs> like, if, if I'm thinking, like, what what technically would make this go forward right now, then I'm, I'm fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Fuck improv books. There I said it. <laughs> like, I'm never standing on a stage, um, you know, with a book, <laughs> like going going through an exercise and being like, oh, this is the rule that I need to follow. Off we go. Because every every scene is so different and individual. Like they're so, it's you can't you can't compare one scene to another. They all have their own set of like rules <laughs> to them. So like to have to to force a like kind of uh, improv theory onto it, um, just like defeats the purpose of it in so many ways. And I'd way prefer a, an improviser to, to who's who's just frozen with some inner critic bullshit to just be like, oh, jeez, and just like take that second and be like, just live in the space and be like, oh god, yeah, <laughs> I feel like Absolutely. crap. I feel like crap right now. <laughs> and then just like you'll probably get back on board. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we can we can uh, we we feel this together. Silence is so powerful as well. That's like another thing as well i always like try to it's it's like if you've got nothing it's like it's okay just take a breath and do something else and you'll you'll find it like and we're it's so it just gives your words so much more weight as well when you do say them one of my heroes uh, scott williams he's a um he's a meisner instructor he uh he doesn't say you've got nothing it's like it's not that there's and nothing is not the absence of something it's the presence of nothingness Whoa! <laughs> I have to really think about it. <laughs> like you can, al- you can always respond to the presence of something. Like if I, if I, what I've got is nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I can respond to having nothing, and also like it, it, it also um, breaks that idea of like my scene partner is giving me nothing because what they're giving me is nothing. So there must be a reason for that, and so let me respond to their nothingness instead of like assuming that it's an absence of contribution, for example. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Same with your brain. It's not an absence of contribution from your brain. It's an abundance of contribution. There's just so many contributions just waiting to get out. Keep them out. Shut that window. Keep them out. (laughs) Now for a practical nugget. Don't be afraid to back yourself into a corner. I love it. That was quicker than my sip of coffee. Uh, so we're going to do a scene together now, Jmash. Awesome. Great, great, great. Cool. Uh, your suggestion uh, is table. Uh, all right, uh, Charles, um, I've just finished building your table and I've uh, engraved the uh, little turtles on each uh, leg as you as you requested. 
great. Thank you so much. And is um is the splinter the splinter on the bottom center as well? Uh look, here's here's the thing. We don't we don't put splinters into tables. Um that's usually just a we you know, we buffer them out. We we use our sanding paper, we buffer out the splinters, because otherwise you'll you'll just injure yourself. Oh, Aaron. Aaron, you've misunderstood you've misunderstood me, mate. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, I want, I want a splinter the the little the little rat the little rat. Oh, <laughs> a splinter as in the rat from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Okay. Wait, I've wait, got, wait. I've... Now that I'm looking at it, these are just generic turtles that you've put on the legs. Yes, I'm sorry you didn't you didn't clarify that you wanted TMNT on each on each leg. Like I, oh. I, I just you just said turtles, so I just I put one of each turtle on each. Oh my god, I'm, Aaron! I said I'm the sorry. I said the I've, turtles, I've re- Aaron! I said the turtles. The I'm sorry, I'm Charles. Cap- I'm so sorry. I'm so the sorry. The turtles. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Charles. But you 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 got to understand the mix up. You got to see that when you say the turtles. It's you know my mind isn't instantly going to that eighties cartoon. I mean, it's a present day cartoon as well, mate. It's it's ubiquitous. You, you hear the word turtles. I don't think anyone doesn't think of the Ninja Turtles. And who in their right mind would request a splinter in the centre of the table? <laughs> I thought I that uh, you know what I'm 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 quitting this business after today. I you know what. In, in my 38 years of building furniture for people, I've never once gotten it wrong, and today I got it wrong. No, don't, and don't, don't quit it. Don't, don't no, pack it all in no. because of this. I'm ashamed. Look, and I'm even more ashamed because look, 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 what's tattooed on my chest? Oh my god, it's Shredder. <laughs> Shredder, <laughs> and I didn't even clock that you wanted this on your table. I am a bad fan. And I'm a bad carpenter, and I'm a bad friend to you, Charles. That's it. I'm hanging up my boots and my chip, my my sander. Oh, it's good. That's it. It's good. <laughs> this podcast is going to take off. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Bronny. This Thank is you fun. for doing it, man. Very no appreciate worries. it. No <clears throat> Anytime, anytime. Uh, have a good day. There you have it, my friends. I did have a good day, Jamash. Thank you, because it started with you. And I hope for you, the listener, your day is either uh, improved or started correctly or uh, capped off nicely by some Jamash in your earbuds or through your home pods or your Google Homes or your laptops if you're just one of the weirdos who listens to uh, podcasts in a browser. <laughs> That's weird. What are you doing? I'm shaming you for your method of uh, streaming. Um, that's it. Uh, hopefully you had some nice nuggets in there and found them helpful. I think uh, he said some great stuff. I certainly enjoyed doing that episode. Uh, hopefully it helps you with all that improv you're doing. Because <laughs> uh, we're stuck at home and Zoom improv is really weird. And that's it from me. Check out Jaden on the interwebs. I've got some links in the show notes to his trio hit by a blimp. Uh, and as I did last week, I'm going to try another one of my friend Beth's sign-offs. This time it's I'm Bronny, and that's the name of the game. <laughs> See you later. 
Thanks for listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. For information about our online comedy writing classes on offer during the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as heavily discounted vouchers for our future improv classes, head to improvconspiracy.com.